Hello folks, welcome back to the 9to5Athlete podcast. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, um, welcome back to the RLS podcast. We are on episode 97 and we are once again not recording the podcast that I thought we were going to record this week and that was meant to be a little, I don't know what you want to call it, like an interview with um, with my fiance Ellie, um, but she is once again very sick this week and the pregnancy sickness is really really taken her out of the game um yeah it's it's just it's been really bad it's been like almost every day since like four weeks i say like every day there's been maybe the odd day here or there where she maybe felt a wee bit better but it's really been absolutely battering her um so yeah i don't know when we're going to get that podcast done i would like to say we're going to do it at some point soon um but we'll just need to see it just like it it needs her to feel good either on a wednesday or a thursday and so far that just hasn't happened yet. So we might need to end up doing it like um, half nine on a Saturday night or something like that when she's maybe like feeling a wee bit better. But we'll, we'll try and get that one done eventually. And um, also like see trying to get people on this podcast. It is it's so hard. Like I've been messaging person after person after person, like people that are not necessarily like, let's just say, like Instagram famous. Like I've been messaging people with like four, five, six thousand followers who I really think are like really amazing people. Like people that I look up to in the fitness industry, people that are doing amazing things, people that um yeah, that are just genuinely pretty cool people. I don't know what's happening. Maybe my messages are going to the request box. Maybe maybe they're just not seeing them. Maybe they're choosing to ignore them. Um, but hopefully I will get a reply back soon after some of these people because there's some really cool guests. Like if they just gave me an hour of their time, I would make it worthwhile. I'm sure we'd have a good chat and I'm sure we'd get something amazing out of it. But it is just, it is so much harder than I actually thought it was, but not using that as an excuse because like, I'm sure like anyone who's ever made a successful podcast had to start off by speaking to people, um, like speaking to totally random people and then eventually they just took a chance on someone brought them on their podcast and so on and so on so let's just hope that we can get a few more guests on over the next couple of weeks because yeah I have had a bit of a, a blank spell of guests and yeah if you want to recommend anyone if there's anyone that you think would be worthwhile to come on the podcast anyone that you think's got a cool story it doesn't matter if they're Instagram famous or YouTube famous or it doesn't matter if they're generally famous or not. Like, I don't care. Like, I just want someone that has a cool story to come on and have a blather. Um, so today, what I went with is I went with a really relevant subject in regards to the people that I coach. And this one is going to be talking to the semi-pro footballer. Now, I don't actually even know what I'm going to title this podcast yet because um, I didn't really have a think about it. I just went... What can we talk about today that's relevant, that's useful to my audience, that is maybe perhaps kind of interesting? Um, and I'm going to highlight, I mean, again, I don't want to speak about myself too much, but um, just take you through my um, slightly underwhelming football career to date, um, a couple of wee stories, and then what I think it takes to be a good semi-professional football player and what I think it takes 
to have success um, in this level of the game and some of the challenges, some of the some of the struggles that you might have along the way and how to navigate them. Um, I have, I'm not necessarily saying I've had a great career. Like, it's quite a, quite a depressing thing to say, but I've not actually like won anything official. Like I've been promoted once through a playoff, which I don't know if that counts as being as winning anything. Um, I've not won a cup. I've won a cup at boys club, um, but I've not necessarily won anything. I've kind of floated around um, mediocrity around my career, but played for some really good teams, played with some amazing players, played in a couple of different countries um, and experienced different levels of football all over the place. Um, if anyone knows me as a football player, they'll know that I am essentially just a heady tennis player. I'm not actually a football player. Um, I will go on the stand and say I headed the ball more times than I've passed it in my whole career. And the concerning thing is I actually think that's true. Um, I would genuinely say that I probably headed the ball more than I passed it. Um, concerns come with that alongside the kind of, you know, the research around like dementia and stuff like that with, with heading the ball. That does actually concern me. Um, it's something I think about quite a lot and it would be nice at some point to get some sort of brain scan. Um, I actually am actively wanting to do this. Now, this could end my football career very early, but I want to somehow be able to do this at some point to get a brain scan to see if my brain's healthy because it's something that if I was to get an indication that this was having damage to my brain I would straight up finish my football career straight away um I value like dementia scares the shit out of me it really does I, I put the really dark spin on this podcast straight away but like it really does scare me um it's like it I don't know like I think dying suddenly would be better than dementia um it actually scares the shit out of me like i've seen it within one of my grandparents um and it was just like it was just weird um weird is obviously not the word to describe it but like it's yeah it's pretty pretty awful like just imagine like everything you knew disappeared um so yeah that's pretty worrying um i fucking love heading the football by the way like i will not stop heading it until i know otherwise um, it is just like it's my strength. It's my strength is tackling and heading. Um, and I will not stop doing it until I'm told otherwise. Um, I don't know if they'll eventually ban heading in football, but I don't think they'll ban it at adult football. Like it's just heading is an art. Um, head, there's nothing better some, for me anyway. There's nothing better than heading the ball into the net or like just genuinely leathering a header back the other way from, from a goal kick. Um, I am not the player that will like, you know, like you see fucking like Van Dyke and that, just take it out of this guy with his chest. Like do a Cruyff turn and then pass it. Not really my style, but I would maybe be playing for fucking. I'd maybe be playing at a higher level if I could do that. Um, but I'm not, and I'm not amazing on the ball, and that's kind of just like one of my one of my weaknesses. And I think within like my level of football, like semi professional football, like you see a lot of players that are genuinely not amazing at, at the actual game of football. Like they're not technically gifted. They're not amazing footballers but what they will do is they could have a very fucking established career like over 10 plus years just from being physically good like being physically good being fit doing the basics understanding the game and um, like I've obviously I live in Forfar I've watched Forfar Athletic for a lot of my lot of my life and I've seen so many players come through there who have made a career out of like genuinely getting the ball and shelling it um, and tackling and heading and working hard so many players make a career out of that there's literally players all over the place like that will just have made a career out of being bang average at football but just like working working really 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 hard um and like i 
grew up with, I say grew up with, I spent a little bit of time when I was younger with Scott McKenna, who, you know, plays for, played for Nottingham Forest, played for Aberdeen, now plays for Copenhagen, literally in the round of 16 Champions League. And um, no offence to Scott, he's obviously a very good football player. He wouldn't play for fucking Scotland and Copenhagen if he wasn't a good footballer. And he's actually like slightly disrespected, I think, in regards to how good of a footballer he is. Um, but like he heads it, kicks it, defends, um, and is genuinely quite old school. And look where he's gotten to. Like, you don't need to be a beautiful football player to actually make it. It's obviously harder nowadays at that sort of level. Like, a lot of teams expect their defenders to be able to pass the ball around the back and break the lines with passes. Like, unlike Celtic can do right now, their defence right now is... Again, I'm going off on a tangent here, but their defence is absolutely tragic just now in regards to being able to, like, break the lines with passes and just passing sideways. But, yeah, that's another another topic where Rangers fans are probably laughing at me right now as they listen to this. Um, at me getting annoyed at Celtic, but they genuinely are awful just now, like just awful from back to front, and the management just has no idea about what to do with it. Um, so yeah, enjoy it, Rangers fans, um, because you look like you're swiftly going towards um, a couple of trophies this year, which pains me to say, but it's happening. Um, so yeah, semi-professional footballer. Now this could be you could you could really talk about like amateur level, junior level again. In Scotland, junior levels, like I don't know what you would classify that in regards to like England. You obviously get so many different tiers in England. I think there's what is there like eight tiers or something like that in England, um, in the like semi-professional game, like the there's like national league, and then there's national league. I think it's like the top, and then you go all the way down, and then there's just so many teams. But anyway, the junior league and like the semi-professional game in Scotland is um. Is there, I don't know, it's hard to say. You've obviously got the pyramid system with the East of Scotland. Um, you've got the Highland League, the Lowland League, and everything else below that. And then you've got the juniors, um, which has obviously kind of been ripped apart by a lot of teams going to like the, the East of Scotland League into these into these other leagues. Um, so, yeah, look, I think the level is, is quite strong in this area. Um, you've got a lot of really, really good teams. Um, you've got a lot of really, really good players. That, like a load of them have stepped up to higher levels over the past few years. And then... Um, uh, there's loads of pl- good players coming through, um, but it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge when you go to this level to actually make it another step up. Um, I think if I was to rattle through my career, like I, as I said, I never really had major aspirations. I mean, I had aspirations to make it as such, but I never really truly believed that I was technically good enough to make that step up. Like I had a doubt in my mind at all times that I wasn't really going to make it as a professional, which is maybe a bit defeatist, but there was a period of time where I like was absolutely convinced I was good enough. Like, and after maybe I started playing juniors when I was like 17, 17, 18 had like first season at juniors had probably the best season of my life. I don't know. I was just playing off of pure instinct. Like, couldn't use my left foot, still can't use it very well, um, and just played off played off of absolute instinct and had a really good um, a really good first season. Got promoted um, into like what was the old Super League around this area, um, and then signed for Forfar. I think I signed for Forfar at that same time. Forfar under twenties. That was like there's some players within that team that have went on to pretty good things. One guy who's top goal scorer in League Two right now. Um, there's a few other guys who really should have made it but haven't um, or maybe playing amateurs and stuff like that now um, and then a lot of the other players are just kind of spread out across my league just now so there's some really good players I've played with some really 
really good professionals within that league, like guys that will have dropped down um, into play for the 20s for a bit, like um, Martin Fotheringham, Stuart Malcolm. Um, I don't know, you could name drop a few other guys. If you, you used to always get a few random boys that would just get brought in for trials, like this boy's played for Liverpool or something like that, and he'd be absolutely shite. There was even one guy who story was that he played in the Europa League for some team in Romania or something like that. And honestly, the book, I can't remember who we played. It was a friendly against someone, a junior team. And I don't think the guy spoke mo- like very much English. Um, I'd love to remember his name again. I would guarantee that he's probably not playing anymore. Every time he got the ball past him, 40 yards, 30 yards, 50 yards. Well, 50 yards is maybe a bit of an exaggeration. He just shot, just took a shot from absolutely everywhere. And funnily enough, didn't score once. Um, yeah, he was actually, to be fair, I think he did score once in that game. He was a very um, odd player, and I was rather confused that this guy had actually played in the Europa League. Or it was the, yeah, it would have been the Europa League. It would have been the, it wasn't the UEFA Cup. It wasn't that long ago. Um, so yeah, and then got released by Forfar when the twenties disbanded, um, and then decided I was fucking off to Australia and went to Australia, stepped into a team that was actually quite a decent level. Um, it's like the New South Wales, something or other league. Obviously in Australia, because the place is so big, like they've only got the 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 A-League. And the A-League is the only travelling league from west to east, east to west. Um, and then obviously some teams up north as well. Um, I can't remember what the most northern team is there. It's maybe Brisbane. Um, so that's the only league that literally travels like around the whole country. The Then the divisions below that, like there's no promotion from any of these divisions into the A-League just because of the financial side of things. I think that's changing just now. So I think the, I think the A-League are, have plans to create a second league. Um, but yeah, so you've got like the, you've obviously got Sydney, New South Wales, you've got a league over there. So all the other teams in Sydney, like teams in Sydney play each other. You've got a league in Melbourne, you've got a league in Perth, um, the league in Perth. Um, I'm pretty sure my pal Murray McIntosh played in the top league over there for, is it, I can't run it, probably not going to pronounce the name, is it Mandura City or something like that? That's where like Lee Griffiths and that plays. Um, and I'm sure there's other like leagues dotted about the place. Um, so then there's obviously no promotion from those leagues. So I think I played in, I want to say the second or the third tier in Sydney for a bit, which was a Greek team called Hartsville Minotaurs, which were, it was a pretty pretty decent standard. And um, like it was a, it was strange in Australia. Like you would come up against some really, really shocking players when you played these teams, but then you would come up against some absolute world beaters. Like we played with a guy who was Brazilian, and we play on AstroTurf. And it's like fucking thirty odd degrees. Here's me sweating out my tits, like fucking trying not to get sunstroke. And here's this Brazilian guy playing centre mid with a pair of like trainers on, like a pair of like five aside trainers, and you just like ball control with the like the bottom of his foot, like not megging guys. I can't remember. I think oh, what was it? There was one called Tiago and one called Mateus or Mateo. I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember his name, but they were both fucking outrageous, like so good. But then also within our team, there was a few players who. Um, sorry if any of you guys are listening, but there's a few guys that were pretty tragic. They were probably saying that about me as well. They were like, who the fuck is this Scotsman that can't even pass a ball with his left foot? Um, and the referees over there are honestly, fuck, it's so frustrating. Like, you cannot do anything physical. Um, like, the minute you stick your hand on anyone, it's like, foul, foul, foul. It frustrated the life out of me. Like, you get away with so much more over here in terms of physical, um, physical contact. Um, and then I moved to a different area of Sydney, so I signed for another team. I signed for an Irish team called um, the Macquarie Dragons. And anyone that knows me will probably find this funny. Like I, My first game I played with them, I played left back. 
and scored a 35 yard screamer with my with my left foot, which will never happen again. Um, I think it led them into a false sense of how good of a player I was because I was like, holy fuck, that went in. That wasn't even it wasn't even meant. Um, but yeah, I never played left back again. I ended up actually playing centre mid for that team, which again, like anyone that's ever played football with me will go, what the fuck? Um, but that was literally like playing against boys that are just like, we're just there for the laugh, like there for the booze. Um, the best thing about playing for that team was someone would bring like a cool box or an esky, whatever you want to call them, would bring a cool box and then just be like 40 beers in this cool box straight after the game. You go out into Sydney and go on a night out. Like it was so good. Um, but the level of football was, the level of football was shocking. But in our team, there was like one or two, there was a guy that played in the League of Ireland Kev, um, what a player he was, man. Absolute finisher. Like he would play for like any of the junior teams over here in his day. Like I, I don't know how I don't know how old he'll be now. He probably he's definitely still got it. Um, but what a player that man was. Um, he could play for any of the teams in my league right now. Um, so yeah, that was come back from Australia, played for about another, I think I played for I played for Kerry Thistle, Far for West End, Arbroath Vicks. Um where else did I play? And then, then I've joined East Craig, you know, which is, um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, most have enjoyed my, for United as well, can't forget them. Um, now join East Craig and I'm enjoying, and enjoying my football more than I've ever enjoyed it in, in a long time. Regardless of mixed results and stuff like that, I'm still like really, really enjoying it. Um, so yeah, that's a short history on my um, underwhelming football career. And uh, yeah, like I think over those years, like there's been so many different challenges, so many different um times where I really fucking didn't like football like I really didn't enjoy it like I think it was before I joined for United last season um I actually took like six months out to go and do a triathlon and a half marathon and really enjoyed it like I think what I found was when I stepped away from football I was like football takes up so much of my life so much of my so much of my energy and when I was training for a triathlon like I was literally able to go and choose when I wanted to train for that like it wasn't half past seven in Dundee and you need to go and train then till nine o'clock and then get back at whatever time it is like I could do that whenever I wanted like if I wanted to wake up early in the morning and go for a run I could do that and then I could spend my evenings at home just having that little bit more time to spend to spend with Ellie or to spend working on my business and that was a really good time that actually allowed me to figure out like okay like I do enjoy this time but I found myself every single Saturday going down to the football and watching um, watching local teams and getting frustrated watching and thinking that like you could literally be on this park right now, Ryan, but you're choosing not to be. And that didn't really sit right with me. Um, and I don't know, I'm always stuck between this, like, you know, this argument that people make that's like, oh, your football career is short, don't miss, a, don't miss a minute, don't miss, don't retire early, don't stop playing, play every minute, like you're going to regret it when you're older. And there is an aspect of that. Like, I do think that, but I also think that like, you're only, you're only 25, 26, 27, 28. You're only, you're only that once. And if there are other things that you want to do with your life, if there are other things that you feel though, feel as though you're missing out on, go and give it a go. Like football's still going to be there. Like if you want to take six months to a year out to go and do something different, do not feel as though your full identity is like attached to football. I think people get quite caught up in that. They're like, right, so I played football since I was like, six years old so I need to keep playing football Um, it's just because it's all they know and that's the great thing about football is that it can be all you know and it can be a fucking really good place for you to go but I personally believe that there is not that that whole thing of 
play when you can and you're going to regret it when you're older. I was like, what else are you going to regret though? Like, what if you wanted to do something in your prime? What if you want to go and do some sort of running thing, some sort of like train for something different? Like, don't allow the fact that you've always been a footballer to take you away from different opportunities, different experiences if you really want to do them. Um, I think that's a load of nonsense. And I think like the people that say that are the people that are, one million percent football people and have played football their whole career and then have went into management went into coaching went into watching football every single weekend like i'm very much like that like i am a football person like i will watch you could literally sit me down this week and watch a game of football every single night and i wouldn't get bored of it like i'd watch fucking national league two and ebbs fleet against fucking whoever and just like i would take it in and i would really enjoy it and i could watch football all day long like i've seen myself like a sunday a few weeks a few weeks ago i watched five games of football in a row um and just like sat on my spin bike doing a bit of work on the laptop. And that just like fucking, that was, that was my cup full. Like I love football um, just as much as the next guy, but I'm not under this illusion that it is like, it is all that life is. Um, I think that that can be pretty damaging in a way sometimes, because like when you step away from football or when you get injured, you're like, who am I? Like, what do I do now? Like, what the fuck? It, like, what is life? I've definitely asked myself a few questions of that over the past few years and understood that like football is important, but, I've actually began to play better, play better, take, I've took more pressure off myself since I've like realized that like football is not life and death. Like I don't go away from football every single weekend. Now, like, don't get me wrong. If I lose and I make a mistake or something like that, I'm fucking pissed off at myself like big time. I really am. But um, I don't come away like stewing on it for like days and days and days and days. Like I don't get like that anymore. Like I used to, like it'd be Wednesday before I got over it. Like I'd need at least two training sessions and before I got over a mistake I'd made at the weekend and that wasn't really healthy and that kind of ruined my Monday, Tuesday um, and it ruined my mood when I came home from football. Um, so I'm not really like that anymore and it takes the pressure off me and it actually makes me play better 1 million percent. Like I'm more focused and I'm less like nervous um, on a football park. Like I've spent a lot of years like being very nervous on a football park and I'm not really sure why. I think it's because of the, like I think, Nerves in football come from one of two things. They come from not trusting your own ability or actually there being a gap in your ability and it's getting kind of fucking highlighted because opposition players are exposing you or because you can't do a particular thing that you're being asked to. Um, I have had that in my career. Like I've been asked to do certain, play a certain way and struggled with it. Um, for, for example, passing out from the back. Like I have had parts of my career where I've struggled with that and it's really shot my confidence. Um, but yeah, like, I think you can certainly take the pressure off of yourself when you actually like pull back and realize that football is like, I don't, I hate saying this cause it's not just a game. Like it is fucking like, it feels like it's life or death when you're on the park, but, um, it is just a game. And like, when you walk away from it, like life is still the same, like you're not a fucking loser. Like I played a game at the start of the season where I think it was my first game of the season. I had a fucking nook, like a real bad game. Um, and thought that that's it i'm dropped i'm dropped for next week i'm not going to get back in the team like i'd convinced myself that but then i'd walked back into the team next week and got told you weren't too bad like you made a, a wee mistake and i was like oh fuck i thought i was tragic um which i was in my in my eyes anyway but anyway that was like that's one of the main challenges is like when you build it up in your head like football is life or death it's, i think there's more positive from that than there is negative but like it can certainly put a lot of pressure on you going into a game of football I play games of football now with like like very little like 
not pressure because pressure is needed um there is a level of anxiety that's needed and like i always it sounds stupid and people probably fucking think it's ridiculous but i there are certain like breathing techniques that i do before a game just to bring my heart rate down because i can feel myself like i feel my leg jittering as i'm like sitting in the changing room and i can feel myself like building up and up and up as i'm stepping onto the park um but i like i like to bring myself down from that because and just tell myself like fucking nobody's gonna die because i know i'm a better player when i think like that if I'm not thinking like that. I can, I could be erratic or I could like make bad decisions. So that's the first thing. I suppose another one of the challenges as well is like you as a semi-professional football player, this is not a full-time job. This is you playing football for the enjoyment of it. There's maybe a bit of cash involved, which is always um, a little bit of an incentive for some people. Um, but like there's always a little bit of cash involved, but it's very rarely the main contributing factor as to why you play like you're probably playing because you enjoy it and you're probably playing because you enjoy the level you enjoy the challenge you enjoy kicking a ball about and um, why else would you want to play like you play because you enjoy football um, and sometimes that can feel thankless because there isn't that like external incentive to go to football and when you actually maybe lose a little bit of the hunger like you've been beat a couple of weeks in a row or you've had a couple of bad performances like sometimes you can feel like what is the fucking point like why am i going to training at half seven on a monday night and i've fucking just had a few beers at the weekend and i'm feeling shy like it would be so much better to actually just stay at home like for people that have kids like you've maybe been up all night and then like you get through your day and then fucking half five comes and you're like fuck i've still got to go to football training like sometimes that can feel fucking exhausting i would like to create a petition and this could be an absolute game changer in junior football imagine imagine morning training for junior football like why can't we do that i would fucking love that imagine like your team trained at half six in the morning till and i mean this is a fucking like pie in the sky idea imagine they trained at half six in the morning till like half eight and then you went to work and you didn't have to worry about training at night i'm i want to start a petition for that to happen um, maybe not half six and again it's impractical because people start start jobs at all different times and um, some people do night shifts some people start at six some people start at nine some people work shifts it would never work but i would i remember we used to do it at the school it's different at the school like we were trained before school rather than after school and i just like getting stuff out the road early in the day um i'd love to be able to do that that would be that would be um, a game changer if that could happen but i know it's literally impossible um yeah, it is literally just, it's sometimes it's the thought of training. Like, I do not walk into every training session, like, absolutely buzzing. And I've had periods of my career where I've fucking dreaded going to training. Like, I just, I'm like, I cannot think of anything worse right now than going to training. Um, and for me, it's usually attached around a late training session. So I used to train a few years ago at, like, I think it was, like, quarter past eight, the training session st um, started. And I'd be leaving the training ground at, like, quarter to ten, I'd get home for like quarter past 10. I'd then get into my bed by like half 10. I'd then be asleep by like half 11. I'd then be getting up the next morning at fucking six. It's like, this is fucking terrible. Like I, I actually, that made me dislike football. That was actually what made me quit football in the first place. That's actually what made me take time out of football um, and take six months out to go and do that triathlon. Like that put me off it for like, a lot of it just generally made me fall out of love with football because I wasn't enjoying it one bit at that point. Um, so that's like that's one thing. It's like the time involved with it, and it's the tiredness, and it's the it's the late nights. But also like that same point. Like I've 
definitely found like this season that going to training has been a separation for me. I know a lot of people say this as well. Like when they go to football, you can't really think of anything else. Like when you're like doing a crossing and finishing drill, when you're doing a possession box, when you're in a five-a-side game, can you really think of anything else other than actually what's in front of you? I think it's good for people to have things like that. Like some, the gym, in my mind, is actually almost not that. Um, I know a lot of people say that it is, but there's still a lot of space and time to think about things when you're in the gym, like mid-set. Um, I can still like definitely get caught in my own thoughts when I'm in the gym, but when you get caught up in a, a sport, or like an activity where you actually need to be 100% switched on or else you'll get like, like you don't need to be 100% switched on when you're doing, uh, when you're on the treadmill or when you're fucking doing some bicep curls. It's good if you are, but you aren't always. And when you're in playing football, like you can't not be switched on to the sport that you're playing. And what that's good for is taking you out of this kind of um, stress state where you're thinking about the things that are worrying you like you literally get an hour to an hour and a half where you cannot think of anything else other than football and that's what I think football is amazing for like it genuinely just strips you away of all your other thoughts when you're on a football park you can't really think of anything else especially on a Saturday like if you're defending a corner or you're fucking trying to like win a tackle like you are thinking of nothing else other than that actual moment Um, you have to be going through some real shit to be able to to step into that thought process of something else. Um, like I've have, had periods in my life where there's been particular things bothering me, where I've maybe been thinking about them a little bit on the park, like certain worries about um, things lately. I've maybe occasionally had that in my head. And I think that's when, like you maybe see this with some players on the park, like in professional football, where they're actually like, you can tell that their head's not there. Um, for example, I'm trying to think of one. Um, I think there was a period of time over the past like couple of months where Tyler Walker, there's obviously a lot of shit going on in the background with him um, with the nonsense that he's been up to. There's a couple of games I've watched him and I'm like, your head's not in, on this pitch. Your head is well and truly in what's going on. Like someone's obviously shouting something from the crowd as well. Like or when Neil Mopé was winding him up a few weeks ago, um, he actually got him back big time last night with a fucking pretty decent tackle. Um, and uh, yeah, you could tell his head wasn't there. So you can go through that. I've definitely found that before, but um, it is the one of the purest versions of separation from the thoughts that are going on in your head. You can't think of anything else when you're at football. It's very hard to, um, and that's why it's like an amazing sport. Like that, for me as well. Like when I'm watching a game of football on the TV, you know, people say like, oh, "I really need to switch off." Like I've just been so like on to work, and I really need to like switch off. Like I hate the phrase "switch off." Maybe hate a strong word. I don't hate it. I don't like the word switch off. I like the word, or I like the words switch on to something else. Like if you can actually focus in on something that is not the thing that you're worrying about. Like I switch on to a game of football. Like I will sit down and put myself through 90 minutes of hell watching Celtic. But at least I'm not thinking about anything else. Like I'm focusing in on how shocking Stephen Welsh is at passing the ball forward or how dodgy a touch um, Lilo Vada has. Um, that can be something that I'll switch myself onto. Um, so yeah, that's. I don't know where I really went with that, but like that is why football also has its challenges, but it's also massively positive. Um, yeah, like this is a total like a free ball of a podcast. Like I don't don't really know where I'm going with this, but um, this would be a great opportunity to talk about our sponsors, Colin M Smiths. Um, if you are from Dundee, if you're from Forfar, if you're from Brecon, if you're from anywhere in the surrounding areas, 
and you want like a decent deal on some sort of electrical appliance, like a new TV, a new fridge, a new freezer, a new cooker, a ninja blender, whatever it is, like, yeah, okay, it would be very easy for you to go to like Curry's. It would be very easy for you to just go on one of these websites where you pay up something, but isn't it better to actually go and just like buy locally um, and probably pay the exact same price? I would say so. Colin M. Smith's in Forfar, Kerry Muir, and Arbroath. And make sure you go there if you want to buy something. I buy all my electrical appliances from there. I sound, it sounds funny saying these like things because I always listen to podcasts as well. And I'm like, oh, it's an ad again. But I've actually, like, as I said, I've actually bought like a lot of things off of, off of ads on podcasts because what you'll probably find is, is that like it's quite a relevant thing to what you're listening to. I know electrical appliances and TVs are not necessarily relevant to, to football and semi-professional footballers, but why not just go there? Make it easy for yourself. Um, but anyway, on to the next part. Training can be hard. Um, getting yourself motivated for it. Genuinely getting yourself motivated for football can be hard without these external, um, what's the word? like? And again, it's, it's like being part of a team as well. Like again, this sounds pretty pretty cliche, but like actually being part of like a team of good people is is massive. Like I went out on a night out on Saturday night and I was sober because I'm still doing this stupid, I say stupid, this 75 days sober, let's call it 64 days sober because I'm, I've said to myself, I am having a drink after I do my high rocks um, not next weekend, but the weekend after I'm doing it. I'm just, I'm breaking, breaking the fast and I will take the punishment, which is a hundred calories on the Stairmaster. I just need a drink now. I don't need a drink. I definitely don't need a drink, but I want a drink now and I want to have that little bit of like, downtime celebration anyway like i went on a night out on saturday and didn't drink anything before for me like that would be, that would have been really hard like i would have really struggled with watching everyone else drink and by the way i had a zero percent guinness at the weekend and it was decent like the first drink i had i was actually this is actually not too bad but then i had another one and i felt absolutely rotten like i felt like i was hungover when i woke up in the morning because i was eating eating i was essentially eating it i suppose i was drinking this non-alcoholic drink i felt minging when i woke up in the morning um, but like just going on that night out, like sober was, was good. Like it was good, probably the first good sober night out that I've had. I didn't stay for like, I only stayed to like quarter past 10, but it was good. Just like spending time with guys that you play every Saturday with that you actually like, again, it's cliche as fuck, but you go into battle with, like, you want to be able to like trust the boys around you that you're actually going to like stick up for each other. And again, I don't think you really get that in many other scenarios other than team sports, like, ability to feel like together um and like being part of a team is 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 class and then when you obviously go on nights out together and that you just get to know these guys like better than like some of your like i don't know you get them to know on like a, a strangely different level um i don't think there's any more personal uh, any more of a personal bond than the guys that you play football with which is which is quite strange because it's like you only see them like what well i suppose you see them probably more than you see a lot of people like I see my football teammates more than I see my mates. Um, I probably see my football teammates more than I see my family, um, which is which is slightly concerning. But it, you really do like you learn to actually fucking like enjoy being with these people. Um, so on to the next one is game day. Like for a junior footballer, performing well. Like I don't want to dive too into too much into the technicalities of performance and nutrition and what you should be doing in the gym and that. But I think there's a blanket rule on how to be an effective like semi-professional football player and how to perform the best that you can on game day. And the recovery, the nutrition, the sleep, 
and the external training that you do out with um, your actual football training is always going to set you apart from everyone else. In this day and age, people are doing more external training for semi-professional sport than they ever have before. Hence my program, it's the 9 to 5 athlete. Like 9 to 5 athlete is like part-time athletes, people that are not professionals that want to be operating like the professionals. Now, I would say that me and a lot of the guys that I coach do actually operate like professionals in the way that they eat, rest, recover. And that allows them to be available for every single fixture. Again, don't smoke up my own arse. I'm about to play the my own trumpet right now. Um, I've played every single minute of every single game this season. I'm not to say that I haven't had niggly injuries and I haven't played through a little bit of pain a couple of times. Um, like right now, my knee is a wee bit swollen and my hamstring feels like it needs a bit of extra rest, hence why I'm going to see the physio tonight. But um, I know the only reason that has happened is because I have recovered as well as I can do after every single game. I've eaten a good solid meal before I do anything. Even if I am drinking, I'll make sure that I have a good solid meal. I drink heaps of water and I will make sure that I give my body the rest that it requires um, on a Sunday. And on Sunday, Sunday is the only day where I don't have a, an alarm and I allow my whip band. Again, I keep going on about my whip band. People are going to think that they need to get one. They don't need to get one. But I allow my whip band to have the the function where it wakes me up when it thinks I need to be woken up. So it gives me sufficient rest. Um, and I've just, I've been recovering like best as I ever have. Like I've been able to run on a Sunday and then I train straight away on a Monday and then I go to football on a Monday. Like I've been totally fine. Touch wood. I've recovered pretty well. Um, and it's the same with all my athletes. Like anyone that I work with um, anyone that is a semi-professional footballer is also doing program, like training programs and um, taking the advice that I give, like has seen improvements in their performance. Like it just goes without saying it happens. Um, I've got a current client right now who is, is played, I've played alongside them for a long time. And I know for a fact that the thing that's going to take him to the next level is not going to be what he can do on a football park. It's not going to be um, his technical ability because that's there. It's not going to be his positional play. It's not going to be his tactical sense. It's going to be his physical ability. And I'll say it time and time again, like you can be the best player in the world, but if you cannot express that skill over 90 minutes without major fatigue and without dropping off a cliff, you're not going to be valuable for the team. If you cannot express the skill that you need to express during training, you're not going to pick up um, tactical things. You're not going to pick up new skills. You're not going to get better. Like you could be like 18, 19, 20. You've got a lot of developing to do in regards to being a footballer. Like I am better at almost everything at 26 than I was at 24. Like you still develop a lot over those years. Like you can get better. You see it with so many players, like they hit their prime around 27, 28. I think I'd like to think that my prime still still incoming. Like I'm 26. I'd like to think I've still got a good four years of be, like getting better to go until I maybe tail off. But at the end of the day, you can continue to get better whenever. Um, and I know for me, like the gap in my ability right now is not the physical gym stuff. I've got all that kind of like I've done as much as I can really do with that. Mine's is the technical side of things. So I realistically need to be spending more time with the ball at my feet. Um, but for a lot of boys that I play with, the technical side of things is not a problem because they're fucking amazing football players. The problem is the ability to express that over a full 90 minutes. And that's where they need the work in the gym with the recovery, with the nutrition, with the fueling, um, so that they can then express that skill across 90 minutes on a Saturday. Um, and you don't want that to be the limiting factor because that's the easy bit. Like 
learning the technical skills, getting better at passing, fucking shooting, like scoring goals. Like that's the hard bit. Like that takes a lot of time, but to be physically sound and to improve that, like you can do that tomorrow. It takes no skill. Like to, I mean, it does take skill. Don't get me wrong. Lifting weights and doing all that sort of shit. There's a skill aspect to it, but it's mostly based on, can you turn up? Can you do a little bit of extra work in the gym? Can you do a bit of extra work with recovery? Can you eat well? Can you hydrate well? And if you can do all of those things, your performance will improve. You will be able to run faster, change direction quicker. Like that is the most important thing. Um, I was slow as death about four years ago. Um, I actually fancy myself in a, in a sprint against most players that I play against now. Like if someone wants to run me down the line, like I fancy myself against most people. And that sounds fucking ridiculous to say. Like anyone that's played with me previously will be like, all right, I'd fucking absolutely like shred you apart for pace. But I just genuinely, I've gotten so much quicker from the strength training that I've done, the plyometric work, the sprints that I've done. Like I am so much faster than I was before. And that like has nothing to do with my technical ability. But as a defender, like, like you watch, just watch Virgil van Dijk, watch who is... Absolutely, Mickey, is it Van de Ven um, that plays for Tottenham? Like, the strength of being quick across the ground is so fucking valuable. Like, if a striker is, like, how many strikers have you seen across the years that are technically shite, but just poke the ball past someone and run? Like, Timo, Timo Werner made a career out of it. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple other people. There's plenty of wingers that you could think of who genuinely, genuinely just, like, shred it past people and are just so quick. Um, and that's what makes them good. Like if you find a gap in your performance, find the thing that is limiting you right now and work on it and you'll become a better player. And for the most part, young footballers in this league is not the case that they're not technically good enough. That's usually the thing that they are good at. It's the physical side of things. So a gym plan, a nutrition plan, um, pre and post game nutrition and um, i'll have a podcast on pre and post game nutrition match day nutrition i'll not go on about that at all just now i want you to maybe go and listen to that if you feel like that's going to be a gap in your performance um so yeah i think i'm not really sure where this podcast went and i'm not really sure i can't even remember what i've said over the past like 30 40 minutes um but it's i think it just highlights you like like why do we do this we do it because because you fucking love it and you do it because you love football um but i think as a semi-professional player some of us have aspirations to step up some of us couldn't be hooked about stepping up a higher level some of us are comfortable where we are some of us probably are thinking about stepping down a level just to enjoy it that little bit more but there's one thing you do do it's like don't fucking i think this is like a matthew mcconaughey quote it's like don't half-ass it like don't be stepping onto the football park every single saturday at 50 percent because like you're no help to anyone, including yourself. Because if you're stepping out at 50% and you can't express the skill that you want to express on the park and you're getting tired before you should be getting tired, like you're gonna you're gonna be frustrated in your own performance. Like if you know what your legs want to do, but they're not doing it, that's frustrating. If you know that you fucking had a sausage roll for your breakfast and that's the reason that your legs are in agony at 70 minutes, then improve that. Like it's so easy to improve. It's a simple change that you need to make. Um, so yeah, if you have resonated with anything that I've said today, I would like you to give me a message because there's a good chance that there's a gap in your performance right now in one aspect or another. And if it is the nutritional side of things, if it is the recovery side of things, if it is you don't have a training plan, 
if it is you don't know what to do on match day or after match day, or it's something to do with like you're drinking after every single game and you're fucking recovering terribly and you're getting injuries, I have something for you. Like I've got a guide or I've got a PDF or I've got a training or I've got an extra podcast that I did previously, which can definitely help fill that gap for you. So please let me know if this is the case. I'd love to be able to send you a free guide um, to help you along your journey. So thank you very much for listening. I shall catch you after.